I'm a very sentimental person. This has been a real deep podcast. I didn't mean it to be so. <laughs> the death of Stalin. That was not funny. Oh! <laughs> it's the traditional hero arc. You want to see them struggle? There's no heroes here. No, no, Come no. On. No, no, no. And I still think to this day that they probably are still, you know, thrusting no. around in the dark. Oh, no, so I think. To speak. I think. No, don't. Just whack away there at the microphone there, Paul. That'll be fine. I was wondering what you were doing there. <laughs> Hello, this is Paul Harbottle speaking, and this is Considered and Conceited. And with me today, as always, what? and always... What? What? That was really, A, really formal, and B, full name? Did I say my full name? Well, I say my full name in the other podcast, which is Victoria Cross Podcast. Oh, God. Everybody listened into it. It's great. Um, no, I only listen <laughs> into it if you're a military... Nerd. Oh, if you like the ha- sound of my voice, which is entirely <laughs> possible. <laughs> Conceited. <laughs> Conceited. <laughs> Conceited much. I gave this a great deal of thought when I picked this um, title many, many moons ago. What, 49 episodes ago? It's 49. It well, is. you know, I've got the, the special um, episode title coming in for the 50th. Mm. I've made me, I've made a episode You'll see next week. I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. I wouldn't feel comfortable with it. You don't know what's on it. Probably don't need to. Uh, Okay. No, it's fine. It's fine. Trust me. Who trusts (laughs) anyone who says trust me? Jeez. Uh, Hi, everyone. I hope you've had a good week. I haven't introduced you yet because you cut me off. I'm Pip. Hi, everyone. Hope you've had a good week. Really, I asked the question, is feminism worth it? Back in the old days, you used to know your place. I'm, ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Please, every woman out there, feel free, and men too, feel free to email Paul or send Paul a Twitter and say, you are a knob, Paul. Oh, <laughs> Smiley <knob>. face. <laughs> knob. <laughs> a wanker will also work. Oh, jeez. Jeez, you're, you're on fire today, aren't you? You started Very it. Very feisty. You started it. Oh, well, it was, well, I thought it was about time. Ladies and gentlemen, please be upstanding for the podcast pick of the week. Thank you. What's your podcast pick of the week, Paul? You didn't see that coming, did you? No, as soon as you said the word time. I can see it now. As soon as you say time, I'm like, oh. Oh, it's only taken us about 15, you know, goes for you to pick up on that. That's good. That's very good. Uh, this week's um, podcast, podcast. Oh, give me a chance to work the jaws and the tongue, woman. Honestly. Blah, blah. Um, what was it now? I've forgotten. I had it. I had it. No. Creature feature. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the brain still works. Sort of. Kind of. Uh, now, creature feature is... I, I suggested uh, that Pip listen to this one, but she couldn't be bothered today. You I, couldn't. You couldn't. I was really busy this week. Yep, 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 yep. That's fine. It was it was custom built for you. 
I will put it on my list of things that I must listen to. It covers two aspects. The the woman who does it, she's got a quite a funny guy who she does it with. It's a sort of a it's similar like a pair. F- it is, and it's a sort of a similar format, and they work quite well together, and they got a good chemistry going. And she kind of reminds me a little bit of you, in fact. So she's amazingly wonderful. No, she's <laughs> incredibly naive. <laughs> <laughs> And she's got, yes, but anyway, look, I won't make value judgments here. Um, any so more what's it about, Creature Feature? Well. Pull your foot out. What's it about? Oh, my foot is not in, <laughs> I assure you. <laughs> Every, I stand by everything I say. Um, look, she has done, she's a psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever, what, one of those two. For some reason, I can never work them out. And she also is a biologist as well. So she takes... Creatures, animals, and their behaviours, and then links it to humanity as well, and then links it back. And I always find this sort of stuff incredibly. Anything going with psychology, I always find it's it's like catnip for me. I can't get enough of it. Um. So, how long have they been going for? Well, they've just finished their first season, so you can sit down and listen to a, a good number of them. And so, how long do the podcasts go for? They're actually quite lengthy, so they. They're at least an hour long, each one. Okay. And um, it doesn't feel like an hour. They, 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 they clip along at a pretty good rate. So I find them enormously entertaining and they filled up my day very, very easily this week. Okay. Hmm. And so that's Creature Feature. Creature Feature. Psychology and biology mixed together. Yes. Right. Yes. But just it's essentially looking at humanity and how, I won't say fucked up because, <laughs> you know, Clearly, clearly we've got this shit together, haven't we? I mean, as a species. <laughs> um, awesome. I'll have to have a listen this week. Very good. Shall All I listen right. to it before Victoria Cross or after Victoria Cross? Well, you know, <laughs> everybody should be listening to Victoria Cross before no. that. No, 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 because only people who are interested in military stuff. I have been getting extremely good feedback from it. Like, people have been really, really enjoying it. The first couple are a little rough because I'm just trying to work out, oh, do I do this, do I do that? But I'm kind of settling into a routine now on the third one. It's it's running quite a lot smoother and I'm, the production values are significantly, like we're talking 100% on top of the other two. Okay. I look yeah. forward to listening to it on Tuesday. You'll be impressed. You'll be <laughs> impressed. The first two, they're still good stories. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're good. But I from the second one. Yes. What? What did you learn? About the knife thing. The kakuri. Yeah, it must it must taste blood before I can go back into its yeah. scabbard. I know, I know. Bless it. Bless it, cotton little socks. <laughs> I found that interesting. I can't say I retained every other bit of information, but you know. Yes, I sent it off all to the Gurkha units sort of thing. Wondering. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, I did. Oh, oh well, you know, you know, straight white man. You know, I can do anything. <laughs> I'm quite happy to travel on other people's culture. No worries at all. (laughs) Anyway, getting on to culture. (laughs) Okay, so the two movies we looked at. First one, um, Welcome to Marwen, which I put up. You put this up. Yes, I did. Mm, Right. Well, I suppose we better give it a kick in the guts. Here we go. I was a hell of a good artist, a World War II illustrator, and now I can barely write my name. I heard what happened to you. Five of them jumped him. To miracle, he survived. 
You taking your meds? I got beaten within an inch of my life for no reason. One foot in front of the other. You got it, Mark. Embrace the pain. But I've created a world where I can heal. What is all of this? Welcome to Marwin. It's my art installation. You're an artist? That's a complicated story. Well, tell me. You really want to know? Yes. They kicked every memory I ever had out of my head. Everything from before the attacks gone. So my dolls have to tell a story. These are the women of Marwin. And they protect Mark. We're one and the same, pal. From the bad guys. Let's go. I heard you yelling for more gumbo. Not gumbo! No gumbo! Are all of the dolls in Marwin people you know? Yeah, there's Anna. Da. Da. Julie. Hell yeah. Carlala. You can't keep on running away from your problems. Roberta. Were you gonna go to the sentencing? You need to face those jerks who beat you up. I'm not really sure how to do this. Her pain is our rocket fuel. The life I once had was taken away from me, but I'm still here. I have hope. And I have my town. And I have my friends. I got your back. And I'll be okay. Anything is possible in Marlin. Bottoms up, girls. People need to see how special Marlin really is. To life, to love, to the women of Marwin. <laughs> Sorry, I was so not ready then. Um, so I chose the movie Welcome to Marwin. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, this is a bit weird. Um, but then I started getting really invested. Can I, can I just, because I've got... When I was watching this, I had a very specific line of thought. Can I ask? What was your line of no, thought? No, no, no. Don't, you can't say don't, no, you no, had no, a line no. of thought. And I not... want to hear yours first because you'll go, oh, that's so you, Paul, but you go first. What was your line of thought when you started watching this? I had this? no line of thought. I started watching it. Did you have expectations to this movie? No, no, I went in with nothing. Okay. So tell me what your initial impressions were. When I started watching it and I saw the, the plastic thing, I went, okay, and it's Steve Carell. And I went, yep. oh, so it's probably a comedy I started watching it and, you know, with the shoe thing at the start, with, I thought, oh, it's going to be a comedy. Here we go. And I went, oh, my gosh, it's so not a comedy. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I got so invested in his character and the other characters. And I'm like, oh. And, like, the part where Kurt's car comes up and Lee runs over his little Jeep with all, everyone in it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's going to run him over. So ah! you, you gen- genuinely worried. I genuinely worried. I got upset for him. So, you became protective of him. Yes, which I don't know if it's a which woman is, thing. Which means that you're going to have a hard ride for the rest of the film, aren't you? I was sitting there and my husband's going, are you okay? And I'm going, oh, I just, aren't you worried? And he goes, oh, not, you know, as in, obviously it must be a woman thing. And you can see that because all the people who care about him in the film are women. All the important strong characters in his life well, are women. Well, I have women. something to say about that too in a minute, but I want... You go first. Um, I enjoyed the film. Okay. 
I thought Steve Carell did a great job because normally did. we only see him in comedies. And in this, like when he's running out Funnily. of when he's running out of the um court. Yep. Um I'm like, oh my gosh. There you go. Yet another comedian who just shits all over other actors. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's that's why I keep saying it and why I keep banging that particular drum. Um, what's funny is this film bombed out. It didn't do well at the box office. People didn't like it. They thought it was too inconsistent. It's understandable. It's understandable from a certain point of view, mm. and I'll explain that. Oh, I've got an idea why. Well, no, why? Like to, no, no, no. I'd like to hear you because you're getting right into it. You're doing the whole thumb twirling Oh, am thing. I? Yes, well, look, you're doing the thumb sorry. twirling thing. So, <laughs> so obviously was... you're getting into your... I have a theory. Are you saying I'm becoming a pompous ass? Becoming? Mate, you're already there. <laughs> I've been so nice to you today too. Have you? Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what did you think of Welcome to Marwin? All right. Like you, I had no expectations of this film at all. I didn't look at it. No, neither did I. I didn't know what this was about at all. You picked it and I went, all right, fine, you know, and I sat down and I watched. Now, this is a testament to how good they have done this film from a technical point of view. I'm sitting there and I'm watching this aeroplane fight happening and I'm going, this is Europe. What the fuck is a bloody... P-40, 1939 uh, American fighter, which was clearly used in China. That was the only place it was used because they had the tiger. And I'm getting into the whole, you know, the whole um, uh, military kind of... Technical. You know, my brain's just starting, starting to pick out points and stuff like that and everything like that. And I'm going, I'm, I'm si- I was just about to start... No, wait, let me go. And I was just about to pick up the phone and start going and he crash-landed into the ground and he got out and it was a doll. And I went... <laughs> His feet. You don't know he's a doll until he's That's feet. right. And I go, oh. <laughs> until his shoes catch fire and he gets rid of his shoes. Yes. And then I said, all right, you have to re- reset your brain now, Paul, and watch it at a different level. So immediately it had me um, – I-, I was off balance by this. And you know what? I like films that can do that because not many of them can do that. So it had my respect from, you know, nearly from the start because I was arguing with it right at the very start and then it it gulled me. <laughs> it gulled me. And I went, okay, fine, let's go. And so from after that, it was, look, I, I watched this. Uh, I have certain strong opinions on some of the characters, but we can deal with in a few minutes if you like, but... Um, from a technical point of view, this was stunning. Oh, I shot well. You know, stop stop motion animation, but it wasn't. There was like it was a lot of CGI because like when those women walked along through the, the village swinging the hips. Yes. You know, you can't do that with you know Barbie dolls. No. Do you know what I mean? Like there was there was a lot of. The, the way it's been shot looks awesome. That's the right. Compu- the computer-generated stuff is yes, great. Yes, so it, it, they had to create it differently from doing stop-motion. There was the occasion with stop-motion in there, uh, just when they wanted to make something look really rough. Mm. And oh, then, when they get shot and they turn into dolls falling yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> so they were really... They were really running a, a very original line. And, you know, I, I went and watched a couple of interviews with Steve Carell and, oh, and things like that. Oh, I should have done that. I didn't do it. Oh, well, he was 
as you know, this was based on an actual person. This is based on a true story. And the the person actually had contact with Steve Carell the whole way through the film. Are they, you they were talk, Yes, they were talking, and he, he would go and speak to him and everything like that. It was, it was at, based on a documentary. Yes, it was done. And anyway, at the very end of it, this guy rang him up and said, "Oh, by the way, Steve, um, he just left a message. Steve, can you please talk to me?" You know, leave me a message. Uh, I, I need to speak to you. And he's because, like, the guy had PS, um, post traumatic stress disorder. Mm. Uh, for some reason, I can never get the acronym out. I can never get the letters out. I can say it as a full, in full form. I think full form's good. Yes. It's informative. And, yeah, thank you. And um, so, yeah, and so, of course, Steve was going, oh, shit, you know, what this, he's thinking, anyway, the guy got on and said, this is my life. Thank you. Oh, lovely. Yes. So Steve just – and you can see he had genuine pleasure in the interview from being able to say those words. And he was – I think he was prouder, prouder of that than he's been of many other films that he's done of late. A lot of his film. Steve Carell's a great comedian. Mm. He does a lot of ad-lib stuff. I would argue he's a great human being because you could see that coming out in this. And I don't think you could be an arsehole and portray, portray this film – uh, portray this character. Oh, he does such a great job on this character. Yeah. Mm. I think he did so well. I was really surprised because I've never actually seen S- Steve Carell do I it. wasn't. He's a comedian. No, no. I know we've had this conversation before, <laughs> but it still blows my mind. that Because he's, he's done heaps of comedian stuff. And in this, mm. you believe him, you're with him, and you're like, oh, my That's gosh, right. you still care about the dolls. If you're funny enough to make people laugh, you're funny enough to make people think anything. Mm. It's that simple. But he does it such a he does such a great job. And when I was reading up on this and it said it, you know, bombed, people didn't like it, I thought, yep. oh, how can they not like this? Because I was people totally, are people, that's fine. I was totally into this yep. film. Some people look, some people are gonna sit there. What what astonishes me is I'm sure there would have been critics who would have trashed on this. But I honestly believe that sometimes critics watch too many movies. You know what? I wouldn't. Yeah, I totally agree with. Do you that. know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. and they just get into the whole nits and grits of it. Like they just look at it as a movie, but not as a vehicle of joy. No, I, that's what I mean. Because they have no joy left. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've oh, had to watch sad. too many crappy films. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen to us. One day. No. I'll let you know when it happens. No, I don't want it to happen. <laughs> I thought it happened honestly when you started watching um, um, the death of Stalin. I thought, no, well, it's so funny, and you just poo-hooed it. And I went, oh, she's dead to me. (laughs) (laughs) No, this film had its funny parts. Yep. I'm like, for instance, when the dolls die and they just fall over, that's hilarious. And and it's shot really well that it looks great. Mm. Um, But, oh, my gosh, it made you so care about his character. Okay. Steve Carell made you really care about – and the women. The women, almost all of them were excellent. Who didn't you like? Okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Nicole. I just want to say, <laughs> what the fuck? Seriously. Now, look, I know that this was based on true life and so therefore there are going to be people out there that do this sort of thing. And look, I, I get it and she was running to type on what the life of this person was. But when you are a woman... This, this this is me speaking as a man. Okay, I'm just, just going to get into really my. I'm going to just just give me a moment. I've just got to get into my authoritative pose here. <laughs> when, 
When you're a woman, hi girls. <laughs> entertaining go for I it i don't understand i don't understand like i think there's a lot of women who are con- concerned with uh sexual assault and stuff like that and no hang on and all of that sort of thing did you see her ex kurt yes i saw the and he's an arsehole and she goes after alpha males you know as do a lot of women because it's genetically built into them i get it i understand that particular aspect I get that part. But it, what I don't understand... It reminds me of an IT episode. Yes, a bit. <laughs> yes, no, that's... I, I see the similarity, yes. <laughs> no, that's a good point. But but when you... How can I say it? Hurry up! I want to take my heels off. <laughs> she kind of... She knew he was... She knew he was a... Like, I think she liked him because he wasn't a threat. You know what I'm saying? No, like I totally he, agree he wasn't with that. a threat, and then, in some respects, she kind of was too. She, she let was him too on nice. too much. Yeah, she let him on but, way too much. But I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying she was being too nice, and she was too dumb in respect to what was going to fall on from that because he was, he was throwing out hints the whole way through. Women don't always pick up on this. And I well, thought, I'm surprised at that because I thought women were smarter than men because that was really that, fucking obvious. Not in that regard. Mm. As, as a woman, yeah. it took me two years to work out my husband was trying to ask me out. Two years. Yeah, but this is you, Pip. Do you know what? There are other women <laughs> like me. This might sound weird, but there are other women like me. Okay. And do you know what? I thought her character was great because it made him go reassess himself. And people thought the storyline was too inconsistent. But I thought, no, no, because he just has to re-go back over and think about how these people have perceived themselves. And I actually thought that was really interesting. It made him reassess what was happening with all the other women in his life. All I'm saying, I'm, did I or did I not say that there are people out there that are genuinely like that? And I get there it. Are. Yeah, no. yeah, and I say I get it. Mm. But it still irritates me because of the damage it causes to the other people who get swept up, who get caught caught in their wake. But that's unfair. It is unfair, but come on, we all take responsibility I mean, for our lives, don't him? we? How long did she know him for? She was devastating to his life. I know, but she wasn't she didn't view him in that regard and he did. And I'm not being misogynistic. Happens. I'm no, just talking no, no. about one individual person fucking up somebody else. It's not fucking up. He realised that it was purely how he was viewing it. And you got to see that. Mm. I, I can see why some people go, oh, well, that's just inconsistent. But you know what? It's him growing and realising and seeing it from him being able to take pictures of this scene. Uh, being a more rounded person as a broken individual than what she was, ultimately. Do you know what? And she'll stay broken. Yes. And he's managed to take that next step. So isn't that amazing for him? And I actually found, that's what I found from the film. It was very rewarding script writing. Oh, I thought it was so good. Yes. I really enjoyed it. I thought the fact that he managed to take that next step after her yep. saying, no, yep. I, that's yep. not how I see you. Yes. And um, But I knew that that was coming. Like that particular punch had been telegraphed well and truly. Oh, yeah. When the, when the little dolls are giving out the, yeah, yeah no, I saw that too. Yeah. And I'm and like, I'm, oh, no. Yes, I know. And I actually I'm just, put my hands over my face. I was, from because I'm a man, I was getting cross at it. I was, I understood it. Women will get it. And men who are with it will get it. Thank you, Pip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It, it made sense. And it made his 
journey that just much more interesting. I mm. felt so good for him. And the fact that Roberta at the start of the film was going, oh, my mum's making chicken. I don't like chicken. Um, well, she could do pork. No, well, I, I knew like how pork. that was going to fold out in I that didn't. scene. Yes, I didn't because of Nicole. I wasn't sure how it was going to happen. And because it I was you. I, you know what? I, did, I don't put any expectations. Yep. I make them very small. I, I, and then I get that as nice reward at the that, end. Well, you see, you've always got that scene where you've got... The woman, who, or not necessarily the woman, it could be either sex, but when you've got it in the script writing sense, you've got one person particularly... Helpful. Compliant. Yeah. You know, with another person's peculiarities. Do you know what I mean? And then they're going, they're, they're, they will go through broken glass, you know, to make that particular person feel comfortable or anything like oh, that. No, I know you she, know, they loved him. I know them, she was there. You know, and it was obvious that she loved him. And she understood because she said, um, so why was my top off? And he goes, oh, you've just had it um, ripped off by the Nazis. You're out to go and save Hoagie. Do you remember that? When she yes, yes, I do. She understood that her doll character was not yes. the same as her her character. Yes. I love that. Well, I showed the complexity of it. They yes. They didn't make this film for idiots. You have to think about it. Can I ask you a dumb question? Now, I was setting you up to make you look intelligent then, and then you turn around and just say that then. What? Do you think that's why a lot of people don't enjoy this film? That's where I was going. I I just want to make sure. (laughs) I'm happy for people to know I'm not that smart. No, well, that's fine, but you picked up on all these these points. You appreciate the film for what it actually was, and and I I think it was a technical triumph. Oh, I thought it was great. You know, I it thought looked, it was a technical triumph. It looked great. Can it's a I great ask? Story. Can I ask? And, I and you definitely invested in the characters. I haven't but seen the documentary. I I'm don't know if to. it's necessary. I mean, I'd still like to see it now. You're somebody film, who needs empirical evidence, so. No, no. I just thought if I liked the film, maybe I'd like to see the documentary. As I said. <laughs> so. Was there anything you didn't like about the film? Nicole. Just Nicole? Just, it, I got it. I don't need to be have my mind changed over it. I got it. I understand, you know, and and the, the emotional and relationship dynamics that are involved here. But that from a personal level, that people can do that and, like, just cause destruction as they go through life, that upsets me. Okay, well, you realise that's unfair on her part, but yes, you know I, that. I get okay. that. But you know, this is one of the things where people, you know, who never take responsibility for the the, the destruction that they cause in other people's lives and just sail through life. She went. It hits his, buttons, Pip. She went to his um, his um buttons. His photo big gallery. red shiny buttons. What's the word I'm looking for? The photo gallery thing. His exhibition. Yes. She went there. Yes. So I mean that. To me, gave good closure. What the fuck was she doing there? He had sent her a picture with a thank you. She'd shown up, giving him the facial expression saying, I understand, but, and he's gone, I understand too. And then she left. And then he's gone to Roberta, I would like to try sushi. And I thought Roberta said, well, we might not like sushi. Yes, no, R- Roberta's playing the long game. She's awesome. Yep. And she was from the very start all yep. the way through. I like the Mexican girl as well. <laughs> the one he works with, yes, yeah. and the Russian girl no, who did the, did the meds. Did you did you recognise the Russian? Um uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh, um, come on, you can do it. Oh, tall blonde woman. 
You can do it. It's not what's her face, is it? Brienne. Yes. Oh, really? It was. It oh was. my god! I thought she looked familiar. Isn't she talented? She's got longer hair. No, and she wasn't wearing armor. But she doesn't. In, when she's playing Brienne of Game of Thrones, mm. she looks massive and uncomfortable and manly. Because she's massive and uncomfortable Where, and manly. In this one, she looks like a woman out to help him. I thought she she's great. She looked like a basketball player. No, but I haven't. I don't know what else she's been in. Um, Anna. She played Anna. She's in Star Wars. What else? And the Hunger Darth Games. Vader. And she's in the Hunger Games too, but I haven't seen the Hunger Games. I've only read it. <laughs> Are you done? No. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> my son just waltzed in. It was paused. It was paused. And I said, would you like a hug? And then Pip holds her hands out. He goes, hugs her, and then dances out of the... Don't give me a hug. No hugs for Dad. Oh, It's all right. You better build a town I'm with picking dolls. his school. And take the pictures. I'm picking his school. That's fine. <laughs> He'll be glassed by, you know, year two. I'm number one. <laughs> I'm number one. <laughs> all right, but so where were we up to? Women are important. Go on. <laughs> yes, men, I'm surrounded men. by this this attitude nowadays. I can't. Men are important too, but so are women. And do you know what? Um, I would argue nobody's important. Mark Hogan Camp had lots of strong women in his life. He did, and it was and he was and well. he was and he was supported, and he was better for it. Mm. So, how many stars would you give it, Paul? Well, technically, it was excellent. <laughs> technically, I did. Quite enjoy it. She annoyed me a bit, but it was part of the, the it was part of the, the script, so I think it was done well. The acting done by everybody was excellent. Mm-hmm. I think Steve Carell was very excellent, mm. but not brilliant. It was very good. Okay. It was on a very high level, but it was not of a stratospheric level. Okay. Um, you know what? I think I'm going to give it an eight. That's funny. Do you know why? Why? I'm going to give it an eight too. Excellent. Well, we concur. Ah. That's <laughs> twice in two weeks. That's getting a bit scary. Oh, no, no. I think well, we both had the same reaction to it. And when we had the same reaction to a film, we tend to... Mark fairly similarly. Mm. So that's eight stars from me and eight stars from Paul for Welcome to Marwin. But when it's a really good movie, you tend to give them sixes. You do. It's true. Go back. Have a listen. You tend to go six when I'm going, oh, nine, nine and a half, (laughs) maybe ten, you know, and you're just going six. Fine. No, that's not true. I mean, there's been great films where I've given nine. And you've given nine or ten. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. But not very often. Anyway, so Paul, your magic movie moment for this week. Now, it's not a magic movie moment. This week is actually, how can I put this? This week is, I recorded this from something that happened this week. Which country? In America, in the House of Congress. It's political. Well, how is it a magic movie moment? Well, 
you know me and I like speeches. Oh, gosh. No, 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 no. I heard somebody who I'm not particularly enamoured with, but he's okay, you know, give an absolutely heartfelt speech, and I thought the speech was stunningly good. And in reference to what it is... is we have to call this Paul's Magic Dialogue no, Speeches. No, you'd like to put things in boxes. Just let it go. Just flow. It's fine. Um, Explain That is the, such the difference between you and me, isn't it? <laughs> So extend. I don't need to label. Who is it? What is it? I don't need to judge. <laughs> Who? What? Why? It was John Stewart, and he was supporting uh, a group of uh, firefighters and um, first responders to September 11 uh, when they went into the buildings and things like that. So it's he is supporting them because what's been happening of late is like the government's the Congress and all of that have uh, kind of been shirking their responsibility and he takes them to task on it in front of the first responders who are en masse standing there behind him and he is going to government and speaking on their behalf and I went, how can I not put this up as a Fantastic speech because I genuinely believe this is an excellent speech. And here we are. The breathing problem started almost immediately, and they were told they weren't sick, they were crazy. And then, as the illnesses got worse and things became more apparent, well, okay, you're sick, but it's not from the pile. And then, when the science became irrefutable, okay, it's the pile. But this is a New York issue. I don't know if we have the money. And I'm sorry if I sound angry and undiplomatic, but I'm angry, and you should be too, and they're all angry as well, and they have every justification to be that way. There is not a person here, there is not an empty chair on that stage that didn't tweet out, never forget the heroes of 9-11, never forget their bravery, never forget what they did, what they gave to this country. Well, here they are. And where are they? And it would be one thing if their callous indifference and rank hypocrisy were benign, but it's not. Your indifference costs these men and women their most valuable commodity. Time. It's the one thing they're running out of. This should be flipped. This hearing should be flipped. These men and women should be up on that stage, and Congress should be down here answering their questions as to why this is so damn hard and takes so damn long. And why no matter what they get, something's always pulled back and they gotta come back. Mr. Johnson, you, you, you made a point earlier and it was one that we have heard over and over again in these halls and I, 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 I couldn't help but to answer to it, which was, you said, look, you know, you guys are obviously heroes and 9-11 was a big deal, but you know, we have a lot of stuff here to do. And, uh, you know, we got to make sure there's money for a variety of, 
uh, disasters, hurricanes and tornadoes, but this wasn't a hurricane. And this wasn't a tornado. And by the way, that's your job anyway. We can't fund these programs, you can. Setting aside that no American in this country should face financial ruin because of uh, a health issue. Certainly 9-11 first responders shouldn't have to decide whether to live or to have a place to live. And the idea that you can only give them five more years of the VCF because you're not quite sure what's going to happen five years from now, well, I can tell you, I'm pretty sure what's going to happen five years from now. More of these men and women are going to get sick and they are going to die. And I am awfully tired of hearing that it's a 9-11 New York issue. Al-Qaeda didn't shout death to Tribeca. They attacked America and these men and women and their response to it is what brought our country back. It's what gave a reeling nation a solid foundation to stand back upon, to remind us of why this country is great, of why this country is worth fighting for. And you are ignoring them. And you can end it tomorrow. Why this bill isn't unanimous consent and a standalone issue is beyond my comprehension. And I have yet to hear a reasonable explanation for why. It'll get stuck in some transportation bill or some appropriations bill and get sent over to the Senate where a certain someone from the Senate will use it as a political football to get themselves maybe another new import tax on petroleum. Because that's what happened to us in 2015. And we won't allow it to happen again. Thank God for people like John Field. Thank God for people like Ray Pfeiffer. Thank God for all of these people who will not let it happen. They responded in five seconds. They did their jobs with courage, grace, tenacity, humility. 18 years later, do yours. Thank you. So that was John Stewart talking to the House Congress. I'm surprised that didn't go through ages ago. As in, um... Well, what are we now? We're 2019. It happened in 2001. Wow. And it's such a big thing for them. I just assumed it would have been something that they were really passionate about. Politicians. Oh, God. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's irrespective of whichever side of politics it's on. You know, that's what I'm saying. And, and this is what I get cross about. Uh, I mean, John Stewart's not really been on my radar sort of thing. He's a great person or anything like that, but... He is now, not as a great person, but he's certainly, like, that was stepping up and taking it to them mm. and speaking directly to them with no bullshit, just straight at them. If you're not a squeaky wheel, you won't get any That's grease. exactly right. Yeah. And the reason I put this one was up, and look, this is a very, this is a singular issue, but this is a problem worldwide in that uh, politics is such 
not so much a, well it's a game but it's such a mechanized thing now and there is it's that they don't take responsibility for anything they take they like, take they just take i think that's a good good statement yes no i agree with that that's that's well picked up on um and then you have somebody like that who just comes in and cuts through the bullshit. I just thought it would be good for people's souls just to hear somebody, you know, standing, standing up. up for the little guy. That's it. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. I'm always going to be a bit of a communist, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. Um, I don't know if you fall in any category, Paul. No, I don't. Look, I'm a centrist for the most part. You know, yeah. I, I, I understand both points of view from left and right. And, you know, I think the only way you can do it is take everybody with you. Mm. But, you know, ultimately that never works out either. So, you know, it's you not much. You can't make everybody you happy. Just get, you just get slammed in the middle, mm-hmm. you know. So, but, you know, you do what you can do. Uh, one, one thing I did want to say about that particular speech, if I may, for a moment, is in ancient Greek times, there was a belief that when you say something that is beautiful, it is because it is based in truth. There is beauty in truth. That's where the adage of truth is beauty, beauty is truth. And that is an excellent example of that because they are beautiful to listen to those words. Now, I listened to that about five or six times when I was putting that together before I made the decision of putting it in because it's quite political mm. and you know some people might not like that and they might think it's partisan and all the rest of it, but that's not the point I'm trying to make here. The words it, he uses the way he speaks. That's correct. Yeah. And and it's the concern for people that he's putting forward. Mm. Um, that's what drove me to put that in. It's always being a humanist. That's that's what keeps me doing that sort of stuff and going back to that because it's my big red shiny button. Yes, we know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. The second movie that Paul put up. This is... This is one of two of my favourite films, The Beast of War, and this is just ratchety. This is kind of put on its own little pedestal because it's a musical movie in that it's my favourite movie about my ethics of music and how it relates to humanity. It is called The Red Violin. Yes. I'm quite predictable when you, you know. (laughs) War and music, boom. Some people might even call me conservative. Who's that? You did. Did I? Yes. The last sale of the evening, the star of the night, the so-called Red Violin. Who will start us off? Prophecy foretold of a masterpiece. Maestro. That would be born of tragedy. It foretold of a journey that would call forth a prodigy. These people from the Vals have given us some figures. So what we need now is a... Professional opinion. You ever heard of the Red Violin? You sure I have stories? What you're saying is any way true, people could get a little excited. Destined to wander across the ages and never to rest. Victoria, I need you. Its song of seduction could inspire genius. But also betrayal. Oh, 
Slottish Muse. Who is she? Quiet! This is the single most perfect acoustic machine I have ever seen. While some would condemn its beauty, others would risk their lives to preserve it. Is uh, our little red violin the red violin? Now, the time has come. I guess I never thought I'd find it. When it will reveal itself once more. There she is now, Lot 72, the so-called red violin. Its beauty bewitches. Its perfection astounds. 600,000. Its mystery endures. 700,000. 1,300,000. So, the red violin. I don't think that trailer gave it justice. Well, it was made in the 90s. No, no, no. I meant what they were saying in the trailer. I know, but they've tried to... It's one of those films which is not a film designed for the popular masses. It's not. It's elitist. Really? Because I actually think it was a really nice story. Well, it is a really nice story. It's a terrific story. Anyway, Paul, you chose it. What did you think of this film? Okay. 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 This is one of my favourite films of all time. This is is above my 330. (laughs) My top three. 330. Yes. (laughs) This is above that. That's its own little class. There's two films that sit above that, The Beast of War and this film. And they're both crappy little films that haven't made, haven't made a lot of money and haven't made a big impact on the world. Which is weird based on who's in it. Well, that's right. Now, I know there's some famous, there's some pe- famous people because I do recognise the names and then promptly forget them again. Um, but Samuel L. Jackson is leading the charge on this. And um, what a subdued performance by Samuel L. Jackson. This is Jackson. the strangest performance I've ever seen him Isn't do. it, though? It's so bizarre compared to all his That's other right. Roles. You just expect him to pull out a gun and shoot somebody with the violin, you know. All of his other roles have been action. <laughs> yes. That's why I thriller. like this. Yes. Action, thriller, comedy, action. So that when people say, oh, yeah, but he just does one thing. No, he does not. The part where he's listening to the violin being played. Yes. Oh, wow, he did so well. He did it I, so well. I was actually watching his eyes. I'm like, <gasps> I was really impressed. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It is, a, it is, this is one of those little uncovered gems. I never heard of this film. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I play the cello and I love the cello and I love stringed instruments. And so this was the, the MacGuffin. This is the hook so to speak, that got me in on this film. And the person who introduced this to me was the person who sold me my cello, who I love and adore. Now, not the person, the cello. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I asked him, we got into talking movies, and I'm, I was saying, like, Private Ryan or something like that about favourite movies, and he said, The Red Violin. And I asked him. and So I went, went home and got a copy of this and sat down, absolutely mesmerised. This is the story of... A violin that has got best described as voodoo magic running through its um, strings, so to speak. It has its own life. It does, and it 
curses and besots people as it goes and because consumes so, them. I think because it's so perfect. Yes. People want to strive to. That's right. Mm. And, and it consumes I don't know whether them. It, I don't know whether it's cursing or consuming. It's more like this is the violin. This is what I want out of my life. This is where I'm putting my passion. And during the time, different time periods and countries, when it people, resulted in something different for each person. And, and, and this is a very self-aware film in that he so, says everything. People look for perfection in whatever they've got a passion for. Mm. And he says it. This is the first time we've actually found perfection. Now, it's just a violin. It is a violin, you know. And all music is subjective. What you like, what you don't like, you know. And so for people to say clinically this is, you know, the best, I mean, it's a load of horseshit. It really is, you know. Uh, you could stand there and say, look, my phone." With my bottle caps, okay, this is the perfect instrument. You know, in a certain culture, 1973, in Australia, it probably was. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. Everything is linked into everything else. And I think it kind of tips its hat to that, this movie. Mm. Sorry, I had to get all that out. <laughs> I don't get to talk about this film very often. And this is one of my great passions in life, this film. Mm. Um, the, the story itself is fairly pedestrian in that it go- oh, Well, it is. It's just following this violin. Although it's done... It's set oh, very well. No, I know. It is done so well. It is done very well. I'm not, I'm not dissing it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not dissing this. But it is just followed through. But... There is something underneath this film that makes this almost perfection, this film. And that is the composer who did the music for this. When you go through each and every part of all the music from from the very start to the very end, you've got the girl singing that basic melody herself. And then there are variations on variations and variations. And I knew you'd pick up on that. No, I know. Yep. And even when they got into, when they were doing the massively complex Vivaldi section, when... Each each life that it affected yep. had a very similar melody line that was changed to suit the time That's right, era. yes. And it just plays through music is constant and it plays through people's perspective of it. They wrote the music mm. before they had done all the script stuff. That's right. I'll so you went that. off and did a bit of digging yourself, well, did I went, you? Well, at first I'm thinking, I saw the parts with John Fleming in. Did this Jason, do- Jason Fleming, sorry. Yeah. And I went, can he play violin? Can this kid play? How does this even work? And I went and read So I kind of went the whole rabbit hole yeah. with this. Did this film stimulate you? It was shot so well mm. and the music tied in so well with the storyline. Yep. And you know how I feel about music and storylines in films. Yep. I really enjoyed this. I'm so pleased you did because yeah, I really I would have it would have hurt me if you'd gone huh, six. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been gutted. It was shot so well. Mm. It all tied in so nicely. The music flowed through. Yep. Um, I got the last section. I'm yep. not going to say it out loud because I don't want people. I don't want to stuff up people's viewing of this because I think people should watch it. I understood the last, very, very last part of it. Yep. But not until the... They do the bit of a Pulp Fiction with it, don't they? They do. They do. So they've got... They, they chop it all up They've and got the tarot cards coming out and yes. they said, oh, you'll live a long life. This will happen to you. And then, and then she 
dies. And yes. I'm like, oh, oh. Oh. So it took me until the, you know, the violin went from and Italy you no to problems, Vienna. You had no problems with the subtitles? You worked it out? I have no issues with subtitles, Paul. Yes, okay. I actually find subtitles can be very helpful at times. Well, in this case, it added a certain authenticity. Because I don't understand Italian or It will still <laughs> lose half a point. It will still lose half a point for me because it's a rule. Oh, it gosh. will, but anyway, I still love this film, and I'm happy to give off. I was really point. impressed with the acting. I loved the way it was written. I mm. loved the music. I thought atmosphere. Joshua Bell did a fabulous job. Didn't he was the soloist. Yes, but I mean, he's life. supposed to, and he played that entire um, movie on a six million dollar violin Stradivarius. Uh, and I've got a little bit to say about this because, like. Stringed instruments are one of my passions, mm. my, my big capital P you, passions. But you don't have to have a passion in string instruments to enjoy this film. No, you do not. No, I'm – look, I, I know I I'm fact, coming – I keep coming back to the auction. I'm coming from this from an elitist point of view. I, know, I get that. But I just understand. Everyone, everyone at home listening. Yes. As a I movie. I love the way it was shot and the storyline kept – you kept getting introduced to extra characters in the um, – when they're auctioning off the violin. I'm yep. like, oh, that's so interesting. And they've done it very well they've too. They've done it so yes. well. I'm like really pleased Chinese that you enjoyed boy this. That there is a man because yes. he remembers it. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Yes, I'm really pleased you enjoyed this. Yeah, Sylvia Chang did such a fabulous job. That was awesome. I, musical instruments attain a certain level of value, right? And Because there is this indefinable quality that they're supposed to pick up. Now, stringed instruments... I assure you, as a stringed instrument player, that your stringed instrument, if you go and get the violin or a cello, maybe not so much a double bass, but I'm sure double bass will go, well, excuse me. <laughs> but like all of the, the, the majority of the, the, the viola family or the, the violin family, um, they have moods. And when you sit down and play it on a hot, muggy night sort of thing, it will sound totally different if you sit and play it on a cold, crisp, dry air night, they have real moods. So, and you get to pick up on it after playing them for quite a while, sort of thing. And so, there's an indefinable quality about them where they become living creatures in their own right, you know. And I think this is explored in that, and that's what I love about this movie from a, from a string player's perspective, that this. Is a this is a character? The character is the violin, and it's its own character, and it, it has an influence on its world around it. It's the protagonist. It is. Thank you. Yes, and I <laughs> 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 oh, look. I could wax lyrical about this movie all night. You know, I could, don't you? But I won't. I will try and keep it down to. People need to know that. Okay, if you're a string passion person, yeah. This film will speak to you. Oh, if you have yes. no idea about the violin or stringed instruments still whatsoever, still a great, great old yarn. It is still done so well. <laughs> yes, it's still you, a great yarn. That you go, oh, and you don't have to have a knowledge of history or yep. violins or anything yep. for it to resonate with you. And there's enough villains in this to keep it interesting, oh. isn't there? <laughs> Alexander Pope. <laughs> so it's it's, an, it's a fun film. Um, but it's a little highfalutin, and it'll rip your guts out at certain points in the time too. It will, mm. like Casper Weiss. Oh, Casper Weiss. That's a boy. Yes. Yep. So, um, do you know what he's doing now? The kid who played that. Oh, what? 
Um, the guy who played Casper Vice is um, Christopher. Oh my gosh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Conkers? Con? No, no, no. Christopher is um, playing with the um, Austrian Hungarian. Hang on. No, the Vienna Philharmonical. Oh, that does he's not surprise so- me. He's the first chair. Yeah. Um, does not surprise me at all. Because a kid, I'm like, oh, he's doing so well. And he actually yes. played. Yes. I'm like, my gosh, how did they find these children? Wunderkind. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah, the Vienna Philharmonica. Oh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And I could tell he was playing it. That's what I mean. There was a few people who were just playing the violin. And then there were people who were actually playing the bloody violin. You but know. even the people who couldn't play, yeah. they had obviously really practiced to yes. make it look like they were playing. Yes. Cause it, it, doesn't look bad. No. Even to those though, of us who are not string players, Paul. No, that's fine. That's fine. And I realise where I'm coming from on this, but that's <laughs> fine. Okay, so Did, how are we going for time? Is, we, we, is there anything you don't like in the red violin? <sighs> Besides the trailer. You know, I've never, <laughs> can we talk about the trailer for a second? <laughs> oh, go for it. <laughs> I mean, obviously it was an awful trailer and that's why I put it in. Um, I did, I did, but like, that doesn't tell you remember in the nineties? Remember if you in the nineties? that trailer, there's no way you would watch that film. Oh, absolutely! But we all remember if you're old enough, I suppose. Not like you, bloody millennials. You know, sorry, I'm, I'm old. You're not a. You're a millennial. What do you mean by that? I, I, you know I, what? I was born in the eighties. I don't 80s. know. Come people, on. I thought. People, I thought who are millennials? Are people born in the millennia? <laughs> well, I thought that that was the case, but apparently. It's people who were not 18 by the time 2000 ticked over. Oh, well, I guess that includes me, doesn't it? You're a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) What? No way. Sorry. (laughs) What a load of rubbish. No, that's true. Before the the new millennium came in and you hadn't hit 18, you're a millennial. Since when? That's the rule. I thought that made me generation... Y. Or X. No, you're not X. Surely I am. I am X. And before me was the baby boomers. Okay, well then maybe I'm Y. No. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you're a fucking millennial. Don't. (laughs) You sound like it's a bad thing. Jeez. A lot of people out there who think it is, but I think millennials are a brilliant generation. I do. I think if anyone's going to save the world, it'll be them. It won't be my generation. Or hopefully it'll be someone else. (laughs) My generation couldn't be fucking burning coal fast enough. Um, Anyway, Paul, the trailer, you were going to talk about the trailer. I just love the 1990s. It just harkens me back to you. Now, one man has a violin. It's the same guy who does every fucking trailer. Oh, look, it's fine for action films, but for this trailer, they I could know. have done something so, so much nicer. The, yeah, so over the top. But I mean, they wanted bums on seats. I mean, what I've got written here is really short, but... Yeah, they wanted bums on seats. Mm. But, um... I actually, yeah, I didn't think anything was bad about this film. Can I ask you what you would give this as a score? Eight. You're going to give it an eight. I enjoyed both the films this week. Right. Okay. Well, I thought it was really good. Easy picking for you. Well, it it looked good. It sounded brilliant. Mm. It worked really well in the story. All the characters were great. No, I was I surprised at Samuel L. You, Jackson's you're putting character. A lot of that, you, you're putting a lot of different things in. I was you should shocked. just be going by. I was shocked that you put this up. No, no, because you said, oh, I'm not sure if you'll like it. I'm like, and then you're texting me through the week. Maybe we shouldn't watch it. I'm thinking, well, how crap is it? <laughs> no, I wasn't concerned about that. And I won't go into why I thought. But no, no, but that's what I mean. I was shocked that I enjoyed it so much based yes. on how much, 
you know, oh, you may not like it. Uh, you I was it. concerned for you. That's all. Okay. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. All right. Yes. So there's certain I, aspects. I yes. give it eight. So what would you give it, Paul? Um, What's your, one of your, it's one of your top 33. <laughs> I think this is, from a technical point of view, this is not a high budget movie. Now, it's not a high-budget movie. They spent a lot of money on it. They spent a lot of money getting Samuel to... L. Jackson in no, on no, it. No, no, no. It wasn't Samuel L. Jackson that was the issue. They shot it in all the venues. Yes. They went to different countries. They had to shut down China so that China wouldn't go into a revolt while they were shooting in China. Mm. Um, so that was the major thing, that they wanted to actually shoot it in China to make it look Chinese. And they wanted to it shoot it in Vienna. And they wanted to shoot in all it these other countries. Very Chinese. It looked... The authenticity in this is second to none. That's what I meant. So you can't knock mm. it for that. They actually had a very big budget. Well, I'm just saying that they could have spent more money on the trailer. Getting, it's a trailer. Get, getting it's a guy in who film. wasn't the action film guy. It's not the... Oh, gosh. You can't say <laughs> I'm the, just being that kind of person today. Um, look, How uh, much for the film? We're not talking about uh, the trailer. We're talking about the film, Paul. All right. Give it a nine. <gasps> wow. Now it loses half a mark, so it's eight and a half. Because it's got subtitles. subtitles. Right. <laughs> I love this film with all of my heart and I think it very re- very nearly reaches the mythical 10. But, I mean, there's a few small aspects. Just a few small aspects. They're very, very small. Um, I, I think sound quality was a little bit of... No, there was a certain issues with sound quality. I had no issue with sound quality. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. I'm talking about the actual. You could hear that it was a recording. It wasn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If I mean Casper Weiss was different, but but it was still not him playing. I know he got all. He was doing all the fret work and everything like not fret work, but you know all the fingering was. He was a very good fingerer. He was. Anyway, so that was eight and a half for Paul and eight from stars from me for the Red Violin. Yes, check it out. If you like music or if you're... You like a good storyline or a good film. Yes, check And you out. like Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> doing something that Samuel L. Jackson wouldn't, seem be, be, wouldn't be seen dead doing. Oh, no. I'm sure he likes doing almost every film he can possibly do. Isn't he the... <laughs> hasn't he... Isn't he the actor that's done the most films he ever? Does meme, he does Facebook meme kind of <laughs> films just for free, just so he can still get his the face out. The first time I saw him was in Jurassic Park. Really? He's in Jurassic Park. Oh, that makes sense, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Yep. Um, so next week, Paul has put up The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Now, I saw half of this and then I stopped. I was just looking at it and I was just randomly going through, Man Who Killed Don Quixote. And then I saw it was Terry Gilliam and I went, um, For those right. who don't know, he's from Monty Python. Yeah, and I thought, all right, I'll give it a bill. And I got halfway through this and thought, you know what? I'm not going to waste this. I got halfway through the film and then I stopped and then I'm, I'm, I'll watch the rest of it this week. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm putting up Quigley Down Under only because Paul keeps going, <laughs> oh, no, I've got another one. Oh, no, 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 wait, I've got another one. No, 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 we'll save it for next week. I've got another one. So I'm putting it up just so that I can actually say I've seen it because I haven't seen it and you keep pushing it back. Well, it's not exactly a poster poster boy for like big hit films, is it? I haven't seen it. You, it's got you said it's got Alan Rickman in it. That's true. I'm sure it'll be enjoyable. I'm sure it'll be fine. 
<laughs> and then we get to next week. But oh, Pip, how do you feel about it? But seriously, you can understand why I pushed it back when um, the hitman's bodyguard was the other choice. Oh yes, and the red violin. Cause that's you, that's you, exactly you're right. To that. Yeah, yep. yeah. So. So that was we watched Welcome to Marwin and the Red Violin. Yep. And next week we're watching The Man Who Killed Don Quixote and Quickly Down Under. That's that's oh, correct. That's for episode fifty. That'll be the episode fifty. What a shame it's those two films, eh? I know, I was just thinking that. Should we put something different? No, bugger it. We're there. It's too late now. It's done. (laughs) Maybe episode 100 will do something interesting. Yep. All right. (laughs) So, I'll just turn that off. Uh, Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you can... Oh, can I tell you, we've got South Africa with us now. That's great. And can I also say, welcome back, New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's found us. (laughs) Him or her, I don't know. Uh, now, I'm putting this movie up, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. I'm putting this up for our Spanish listener. Okay. Is it it's, in Spanish? It's. I'll just leave that with the contempt it deserves. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> just watch the film. Okay, all right? just, okay. And you'll see what I mean. All right. Okay. So, this is for our Spanish listener. Thank you again. <laughs> okay. Well, we hope you have a great week. All right. Now, all I'm going to say is... Get on to us um, at Twitter. Um, just type in considered and conceited and you'll find us. You'll find Paul. You have to say that every single time, yes. don't you? Yes, I do. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not me. It's me in my mother's basement. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Sad 50-year-old. <laughs> don't say that. People will think it's true. I think if I think after like episode fifty, they haven't worked out that I'm full of shit by now. <laughs> they're, they're, they're clearly. Um, I, uh, I can hear your cat scratching his neck. Oh, the bell's going off. Oh, I'm going to have to cut all this. No, you're not. It's all good. Anyway, what were you saying before? You were talking about a mother's. Get onto Facebook <laughs> and give a review and uh, make sure that you subscribe if you're a new listener. Okay. Oh, yes. Because we're on a wild ride here. <laughs> Strap in, boys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I'll catch us later. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>